When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at bbmglobalnetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. Blind piano player, wrestler, long-distance runner, and a creative spirit whose talents have taken her to the stage and into galleries and exhibitions across the U.S. are here to tell their story of their unique and incredible journey together. Welcome to the Nancy and Mike Show. Nancy and Mike will engage you with some of the most unimaginable and heartwarming stories of their extraordinary life. So please welcome your hosts, Nancy and Mike. My name is Mike Zarek. And I'm Nancy Noble. You are listening live, broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike Show. Yep. The phone number is 866-451-1451. And also, our website is www.nancyandmikez.com. Thanks. The first thing I want to do before I get into this show today, last week I talked about the National Football League and some of the problems and different dealings. Uh, I was hesitant last week, and I apologize for that. I should have rehearsed that part of the program. And when I get like that, it means that I'm trying too hard and I want to get everything <laughs> Exactly right the way it's supposed to be. So people who were not happy with my hesitations Aww. last week, I apologize. <laughs> oh, Mike. Anyway, this week is going to be a constant theme. Yeah? What is it today? Well, you'll find out. <laughs> okay. Uh, the first thing I want to discuss, in 1971, I entered a music competition. And I talked last week how I question everything. Well, one of the things about a music competition or any competition, the it is difficult, even if you have a good music background, to judge these competitions. I can understand that. And uh, so anyway, before I decided to enter the contest, I didn't care who the judges were. I wanted to know what the qualifications were. 
Yeah. And I found out that they were judges who were experienced in music and they were from the UCLA music department. Oh, that sounds good. So I entered. And I played a piece called Prelude in C-sharp minor by Rachmaninoff. And I was going along listening to one performance after another, and I'm thinking, hey, uh, I'm looking pretty good. (laughs) This guy shows up, and he plays this Hungarian Rhapsody Uh by Liszt perfectly. Wonderful piece, wonderful performance. And I'm squirming while he's playing this. And I would have enjoyed it a lot more if he wasn't part of my competition. Correct. I understand. But anyway, the way the contest went, uh-huh. the first place guy got $15, the second got 10 and the third got 5 It was, you know, not a whole lot of money. Back then it was meant more than it would today. Um, so anyway, when everything was said and done, I got first place. I don't know if I deserved it or not. But what I'm getting to with this, the guy's name was Andrew Levinson. As long as I live, I will never forget him. I didn't talk to him after the contest. Maybe he was upset. Maybe he thought he should have won. And uh, I never even talked to him to congratulate him for doing such a good job. In order for me to do that, I'd have to go to the front desk and get his phone number. And uh, I had this tournament coming up in San Diego wrestling, and which I talked about last week. And I just didn't do it. To this day, I regret not calling him and, and congratulating him. And I was even willing to give him $2.50 and call the thing a tie. That's how impressed I was with him. The next year, in 1972, I thought, I got first place. This is my last year that I could be eligible to do this. Uh-huh. Uh, do I want to retire on top? That was one thing. Right. I got no place to go but down. This is my thinking. I know you think that way. So that's my thinking, yeah. I'm very competitive, in case you didn't know. Yeah, I think they know by now. So anyway, the next thing I did before making that decision, uh, who were the judges? What are their qualifications? Well, the judges were the heads of each floor. And the the, dorm? uh, Dorm. And... uh, Probably no musical background. And if these guys don't have any musical background, I'm not going to play. Forget it. So it ended up that I didn't play in the competition. A lot of people in the dining room were saying, well, I want to hear you play. I never heard you play before. So I said, okay, fine. I'll play at your convenience, but I'm not playing in the contest. Nobody took me up on it. So, uh... Nancy has been in art competitions where, I tell you, she knew more when she was 10 years old than these judges ever, ever would know. And I, one of the things, I'm a lot more strict about that than Nancy is. But uh, anyway, Nancy has something to tell you about. 
music. Well, uh, we listen to KUSC. It plays classical music, and they got a new thing that asks, what got you into classical music? Love at first listen. So I thought, oh, I know what got me into it was Tchaikovsky's Serenade for Strings, the second movement. I just started ballet, and three of the older girls, I was going to say big girls, but three of the older girls on toe, they got to dance to this, and oh, I just love this piece. Then the next year, I couldn't believe it. I didn't tell anyone how much I loved this music, but the next year... I got to dance a solo to that piece. Oh, and I just love it. And I said at that time, this is my favorite classical piece, and it still is. And that's the one that got me started. That's it. Didn't take it long, but that's a true story. <laughs> okay, the next item happened in 1971. I wasn't getting enough to eat at UCLA. So I rented a refrigerator and uh, I got a lot of good use out of it. And one fine day, the guy shows up to collect the refrigerators. And I said, wait a minute. Wow, no warning. You gotta give me some notice or you can't have this. You can't just come over here unannounced and take the refrigerator away. Right. Got food in there. Yeah. What are you going to do with the I, food? I ate most of the food. I think I had to throw away six fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard. But anyway, I went up to the front desk and I asked her, why did these people come in unannounced at your refrigerator? I want a few days notice. So uh, anyway, this is a Nancy and Mike show. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. This is BBM, Global Network, and TuneIn Radio. Animal lover, author, artist, and public speaker, Patricia Daly Leip is a renaissance woman in her own right. A lover of animals from a young age, Patricia lives on a farm in Virginia and has rescued neglected thoroughbred horses, keeping them or finding them safe havens. She is also a published author, and her books document real-life experiences that she shares in her passionate stories, taking the reader around the world in a colorful kaleidoscope of life. An accomplished artist, Patricia Daly Leip's oil paintings feature animals, portraits, stills, nature, and abstract, and she allows the brush to paint the image in an organic, natural way. A public speaker, Patricia is motivated to continually wonder about life and advocates for all of us to do the same and document our own unique history. To learn more about Patricia Daly Life, visit www.literarylady.com and www.patricialife.com or email her at pdlife at gmail.com. Are you looking for employment and live in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is the place for you. Are you an employer looking to fill a position or quite a few positions in Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties? Jobs Annex is for you. Employers, jobsannex.com is your resource for career-minded people. JobsAnnex.com is the convenient place for job seekers and employers to hook up and move forward. Jobs Annex has been serving Los Angeles.
Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties for over 14 years. Jobs Annex is a former employment search firm. We've evaluated many thousands of resumes and we understand what employers want and what job applicants need to be successful in their interviews. At Jobs Annex, we provide you with the tools to tell your story for free. Our resources at jobsannex.com will help each applicant construct an award-winning resume, an eye-catching cover letter, and key interview questions to ask in various types of interviews. Best of all, it's free. Jobsannex.com. That's J-O-B-S-A-N-N-E-X.com. Hi, my name is Mike Zorick. And I'm Nancy Noble. We are coming to you live, broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike Show. The phone number is 866-451-1451. And our website is www.nancyandmikez.com. Thanks. And I left off talking about how these people came in unannounced to take my refrigerator. No warning. No warning. So I went up to the front desk and I asked her who was responsible for this. Yeah. That they should give uh, some notice. So she said, well, there was a sign in the hallway on the dining room floor saying when the refrigerators were to be picked up. And she said, I'm sorry, nobody told you. So the theme of today's program is if I could see versus if I can't see. Right. So if I could see, I would see that that sign was there and I wouldn't have had this incident. But anyway, since they didn't tell me, uh, I bought a refrigerator the following year when I went back to UCLA. And when I finished, when I graduated, I sold a refrigerator and uh, used that money to uh, save up to go to the... uh, 1973 Nationals. Good idea. But anyway, there was another incident where it was like 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was during finals. And people were studying all night, and somebody set off the fire alarm. Oh. And that fire alarm scared me. I bet. And in the morning. without thinking, I jumped out of bed and I opened the door and I closed it. I didn't have my key, so I was locked out of my room. Uh. And I started running towards the exit. And suddenly, before I got there, this guy grabs me around the waist and stops me and come to find out on our floor we had a guy he was the undefeated state champ of Washington and wrestling he was the 220 pound class uh, big strong guy and yeah and a very nice guy by the way and he said to me what are you doing and finally I realized where I was and what the situation was, he snapped, snapped me out, snapped me out of my fear thing that I was going through. And if he had not grabbed me, yeah, there was a glass door, and it had one of these handles 
that go across from one end of the door to the other. It's like a door handle, and it goes all the way across. Well, if I continue to run, that handle would have hit me right in the mouth. And that handle was about mouth high. And... Boy, good thing it was strong who, to stop who you. Have, who knows if I would have broken through the glass. Because oh. I was running lickety split. And this guy saved me a very serious injury, I'm sure. But anyway, now that the fire drill is over, I can't get back into my oh, room. Yeah. So I was locked out. So I had to go upstairs to the front desk, get a spare key, unlock the door, didn't bring the key back. And come back and try to get some sleep before my next class. So that's the deal. Now, if I had seen that that door was there, I would have never been running into it. I would have stopped before I got there without having this guy stop me. (laughs) Uh, The next thing happened in Oregon. And I discussed that I went to Oregon in 1971 for a wrestling tournament. Mm-hmm. And there were three guys, two guys from Japan and one guy from Germany and three guys from the United States. That's how the bracket, or uh, that's how the weight class was. And I ended up getting two Olympic gold medalists yeah. from Japan. I never got to wrestle anybody from this country. Huh. Well, the way they should have done that, if you follow the Little League World Series, they put, and and here's the deal, the German team brought two guys, one guy was in the 105, the other guy was in the 114, the Japanese team brought two guys, and they were both in my weight class. And what they should have done was put three guys on each side of the bracket so that I would wrestle the two guys from the United States and they'd have the different countries wrestle each other and number one wrestles number one in the finals, number two wrestles number two for third place and number three against three wrestles for fifth and sixth place. That's what they should have done. They should have done it like the Little League World Series, but they didn't. But I was determined to place, to Uh show these people in Oregon that I'm not a dud. I could wrestle. <laughs> so anyway, I go out. I get this guy. He's from Mayor Daly Youth Foundation. And during my match, they're playing the Association's Greatest Hits album. Oh, I like that album. And while I was wrestling, the song they were playing was called Requiem. Uh-huh. Very pretty. And when the whistle blew... My opponent kept backing up, backing up, backing up, and oh. I'm chasing him. But in the meantime, I'm catching him. Yeah. I'm taking him down. Good. And I'm, he's running away. I catch him. I take him down. So at one point in time, I was ahead of the, head of the Mayor Daly guy, seven to nothing. Well, good. And I got into him. And I threw him across my body. Yeah. When I threw him, we both landed facing each other 
my arm was around his back. His arm was around my back. He was on his right side. I was on my left side. We were facing each other. Okay, I can picture that. And I pushed him over on his back. Good. And the referee hit the mat. It's a pin. Yay. All right? Yep. Now, I get up. The, and that, that takedown and everything, I was ahead at that time 10 to nothing. Right. So if you get ahead by 12 points, it's like a pin. But I pinned him anyway. Yeah. So anyway, I get up. And the referee raises my opponent's hand. What? And. What the heck? So anyway, uh, I will get back to the ugly ending of this story. This is uh, the Nancy and Mike show, (laughs) BBM Global Network. French Rastafarian baker Chef Ugmat is a fourth-generation baker and has worked in 11 countries across three continents. Born in Mulhouse, France, he began apprenticing in his father's bakery at age 12 and has devoted his life to learning cultures of the world from inside kitchens across the globe. He also teaches traditional French baking by hosting demonstrations and classes, and his passion for baking is reflected in his delicious confections. With a deep respect for discipline and his Rastafarian way of life, Sheikh Uvmat exemplifies commitment to tradition and culture in a global world. Traveling extensively and combining a myriad of flavors into his recipes, Chef Ugmat brings a unique approach to baking. To read more about the French Rastafarian baker, visit www.frenchchefoug.com. That's H-U-G-U-E-S. Bon appétit and bless up. Unleash the obstacles that bind you with certified professional coach Joanne Charette, a master practitioner in energy leadership. Joanne can help you break through personal and professional barriers and guide you to a higher level of empowerment and fulfillment. Passionate and dedicated, Joanne engages with her clients on a mutual journey. Her dynamic energy will motivate you to move forward as you partner on a venture to greater results. Isn't it time to make a breakthrough and commit to live the life you deserve? Invest in yourself and let Joanne Charette be the catalyst to the realization of your dreams by making them a reality. Based in Quebec, Canada, Joanne is also a space coach using social media and Skype to work with anyone, anywhere around the world. Contact Joanne Charette today at 819-360-3266 or email her at actionrealization at live.ca. 819-360-3266. Now is your time. Hi, my name is Mike Zorick. And I'm Nancy Noble. We are coming to you live, broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike Show. Yep. The phone number is 866-451-1451. Well, what happened? How come they that guy said, you lost? Well, when I started, my, when I started the throw... And this is how the referee explained it. Huh. He assumed uh. that I was going to land on my back. I initiated the throw, and he assumed that I was going to land on my back, pinning myself. Open your eyes. And uh, I said, you know, this is the Nationals. Yeah. And uh, you can't make calls based on assumptions. Absolutely I right. I pinned this guy. Anybody who saw that match knows that I pinned this guy. 
He said, I'm sorry, I can't change the call. Baloney. And uh, what happened, if I had won that match, which I really did. Yes, you did. Even if the next match, if I got pinned, I would have finished fourth place. But if I had won my next match, depending on what happened to the rest of the weight class, I would have either finished second or third. But the worst scenario would have been, if that match was judged fairly, is that I would have gotten fourth place. And that's if I got pinned in the next round. So I came back and my uncle was there and he said, what happened? That guy looked like a little baby next to you. You're totally dominating that match. I told him what happened, how the guy assumed that I was going to land on my back. And that guy never even scored a point. And uh, today that... What did your uncle do? Did he go up and try to talk? Well, he tried to, but he said, well, the referees, there's no uh, uh, film, there's no... uh, (laughs) Now, everything is cameras. So if that were to happen to me today, where you have cameras and you could challenge it, uh, I would have gotten credit for pinning that guy. But anyway... I'm sorry, I shouldn't get so upset. That was a very uh, discouraging experience. (laughs) And the point of the deal, I was trying to get the spring quarter off. I knew the Olympic trials were coming up. And they wouldn't let me have that quarter off. And they said, if I took the spring quarter off, then I have to go to school in the summer quarter. And is th- this UCLA or LACC? Yeah, this is UCLA. Okay. And they said if, you know, and if I made the top six and I had to go to the wrestling camp, I couldn't go to summer school. Right. So uh, anyway, because they didn't give me that quarter off, my training suffered. Uh, I was totally stressed out. My s- classwork suffered. Everything. I, I know. Suffered big time. And uh, as bad as I was wrestling in that time, I still beat that Mayor Daly guy uh, convincingly. Pinned I pinned him. So I was thinking, well, at least get something for my uh, not wrestling up to par. And I was not wrestling anywhere close to up to par. I figured if I could be wrestling lousy and finish second or third in the Nationals, that would be pretty good. But anyway, off the subject of wrestling, uh, the next thing, my first date, I met this girl. What about the Greco-Roman? That's later. Oh, okay. Uh, The the next deal is my first date. Yeah, I'm curious. And And it wasn't me. It wasn't Nancy. (laughs) It was a reader that I had. Uh, from October to, uh, anyway, she read for me for about eight months. And she was fantastic. She was a good quality Christian. She didn't drink. She didn't smoke. It was her first date also. And I didn't know what we were going to do because it was something my brother had uh, for my birthday. Oh, nice. So my birthday was April 3rd and the date was April 7th, which was a Friday. 
So he said, well, I know you like amusement parks. Oh, yeah. And I love amusement parks. Yeah, we know that. I'm 71 years old, and I could stay with anybody on the roller coaster. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. And anyway, we went to this place in Long Beach called New Pike. And you went on the roller coasters and the wild mouse and all this stuff. And I was having a blast. I'm sure you were. Well, she didn't want to spoil my birthday. Ah. So she suffered. Poor in the girl. meantime, I don't know that she's suffering. Uh-huh. And finally she said she wanted to go to the haunted house. And she throws up. Oh. Now I know. This girl is sick. Yeah. We got to get out of here. But here's the other part of the equation. If I could see, I would see that she wasn't feeling good. You could see her face turning green. I could see that she was struggling, and I would have quit before it reached the point that it reached. Yes, that's very true. But being that I couldn't see, I didn't know what she was going through. So I I went to the limit, and it was too much. You're a very thoughtful, caring person. I I know. I was she, then and, and she I, was caring for you, and that's why she thought she could keep going, but her stomach said no. But anyway, we went home from the date, and we call. I called her sparingly, and I was reaching the point where I was beginning to lose interest, and. The calls that I made were first they were four days apart, then a week apart, then two weeks apart. Whoa. And they were getting further and further apart. Uh-huh. And what got this situation the way it was, she said she doesn't call boys. Well, if you don't call me, that's the end of the line. So anyway, I will finish this story about the girl <laughs> when we come back. This is Mike Zorick, BBM Global Network. This is a Mike and Nancy show. Intergenerational programming is uniting America due to the tireless efforts of Dr. Ramona Frischman. Retired from the Miami-Dade County Public School System, Dr. Frischman continues to develop intergenerational learning programs aimed to improve the lives of children, young adults, and seniors through unique strategies and public policy in order to establish a mutually supportive agenda. She views intergenerational programs as a resource for policymakers and the general public on economic, social, and personal initiatives that govern our society. Her work bridges the generational gap, providing many individuals the opportunity to explore areas of common ground and celebrate each other's diversity. Contact Ramona Frischman at RamonaLong at AOL.com or visit www.gu.org to learn more about intergenerational programming. Are you stressed? Is your stress driving you crazy? Do you know there are many ways to relieve this stress? The Spirit Within Massage and Hypnosis Clinic does just that. Reduce your stress plus so much more. Established in 1997, the Spirit Within Massage and Hypnosis Clinic offers an approach to wellness. 
For those individuals who choose to either utilize appropriate complementary methods to enhance their current medical care, or to those individuals who are on their personal journey toward improved health and wellness through the use of therapeutic bodywork, Reiki energy healing, or hypnosis. The Spirit Within Massage and Hypnosis Clinic is owned by Dr. Judy Dean, a registered nurse and board-certified massage therapist and medical hypnotherapist in LaPorte, Indiana. Visit www.spiritwithinmassage-hypnosis.com to see all services offered by Dr. Judy. For a free personal consultation, please call Dr. Judy Dean at 219-326-1380. The Spirit Within Massage and Hypnosis Clinic, 219-326-1380. Hi. My name is Mike Zarek. And this is Nancy Noble. We are coming to you live, broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike Show. The phone number is 866-451-1451. And our website is www.nancyandmikez.com. Thanks. And I was getting to the point with this girl that the calls were getting further apart. Finally, June 8th comes. Uh-huh. I talked to her. And she was graduating. She was one quarter ahead of me, even though she was four years younger. And uh, we were going to stay in touch. And I wrote down her address in Braille. Uh-huh. And... I asked her to write mine. She refused. Oh. And I thought, okay, I'm not going there. I'm erasing her address. I'm done. Ball game is over. I got three weeks for the Olympic trials coming up in Anoka, Minnesota. And forget about girls. I'm not even going to think about them. I'm not going to think about her. We're done. And the deal was she wasn't verbal enough and she wasn't putting out enough effort, in my opinion. And well, maybe- well, one time uh, she she wanted to cancel a date with you and your brother. It was going to be a double date. And she never called to cancel. And everybody's waiting. So I think you can make exceptions. I think you should make exceptions. Yeah, well, she wouldn't call me under any circumstances. So that was the, you know. And you did give her warnings. And yeah. And uh, so anyway, I went to Connecticut. I had a lot of catching up to do with my training. I was way behind. Oh, I know. Wrestling was horrible. My everything was horrible. So I went to Connecticut. I trained as much as I could. Your father took you running? For three weeks, Yeah. And I could not, for the life of me, break 121. Oh. And the weight class is 114. I know. I'm thinking, should I even go? Oh, no. It's, uh, uh, we flew to Anoka, Minnesota, and we were going to drive back, my parents and I. And I could not break 121. My father's sisters gave me some water pills. That did nothing for me. Now I got one day to go. I got to lose seven pounds. So I'm in the sauna. I, when I feel like coming out, I take a cold shower and I wet my lips. 
Then I go back in the sauna. That sauna was so full. It was like (laughs) everybody's trying to sweat out. It was like we were in stuffed in a can of sardines. (laughs) I can see it. I that place was packed to the rafters, and it was standing room only. I can see it. And uh, because guys were overweight, this is the Olympic trial. That's the only way. Sweat it out. Finally, I got down to weight. And I end up getting, as bad as I was, I end up getting seventh in the Olympic trials. Well, Uh, with all those people, that's not bad. In order to make it to the final trials, you have to finish in the top six. And I knew that my performance was below par. And now to start the long drive back to Connecticut. And if you're sitting in a car and you can't see, it is the most boring thing. And uh, we turn on the radio because I needed something, all right? Distraction, right? Distraction. And I was feeling miserable. It was such a depressing day because now I know the next Olympics is not for four years. Yeah, I know. All right? And I don't know, could I make weight anymore? You know, all these things, I had such a difficult time making weight. But before we left, we went out to eat. And what did I get? I got a piece of strawberry cream pie. I just wanted liquid. I had my water. I had my parents' water. I had like three cups of tea. I got to replace all the fluid that I lost in the sauna. You are dry to the bone. So we start driving back, and I'm listening to the radio. And the first thing I hear is Alone Again, Naturally by Gilbert O'Sullivan. I like that song. I do too, but <laughs> the timing with breaking Aww. up with the girl. and Oh, and, it's all settling in. Yeah, Aww. and I said, okay, God, enough of this. <laughs> I did. All right? <laughs> you know, this is bad enough that I didn't make it to the final oh, six my, in the Olympics. <laughs> And I, by the way, I went out and I bought all of Gilbert O'Sullivan's records. I really like him, yeah, me too. including that one. <laughs> and uh, uh. we were driving back, and it just each day seemed like a week trying to get everything squared away, and and just just the torture I was going through. And then this song keeps coming up, and I'm thinking, here I am. I'm 25 years old. I'm in great physical shape. I'm as available as anybody could possibly be. And I think, well, you know, I got pretty good qualities and all that. Wonderful personality. And, uh, you know, it's just one thing to add to that. I know. So anyway, we finally get back to Connecticut. And I had a routine. I get up in the morning. I do 25 chin-ups, and then uh, I do 100 push-ups and a couple hundred sit-ups. I'd go out running anywhere from 6 to 10 miles, and I was doing this on a daily basis. You know, this was not like, uh, this was a regular basis routine. You know, people who could see, how many people who could see were able to do what I was doing? Right. And... I would also, I would chin myself with two fingers, 
one finger on each hand. I have a photo of me yeah. doing a two-finger chin-up. From the newspaper. In my scrapbook from yeah. a newspaper interview. And what I did is I put my third finger over the bar, and the rest of my hand and my fingers were under the bar. And yeah. I would pick myself up with my third fingers. Yeah. I did two of those a day, and I did 25 chin-ups before I went to bed. And that was my routine until I went back to UCLA. And uh, one other thing, when I was at UCLA, we had get-togethers with uh, guys and girls. So I will start the next story when we come back. This is BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike Show. We'll be right back. Escape from Hell, A Woman's Story is a passionate book that tells the true story of author Rhonda Knudsen's journey through the darkness and adversity of abuse. The book takes readers on an emotional trail from the depths of despair to the heights of forgiveness and understanding. She was inspired to help others and her book is a vital tool through this process. Faithful to God and devotional to her beacon of hope, Rhonda Knudsen is a perfect example of finding a guiding light that helped her come through the dark and into the light. Her book can assist you in overcoming your challenges with abuse. The publication of Escape from Hell, A Woman's Story is a triumphant achievement, and it can help you take ownership of your own experience of abuse and come through stronger than before. Rhonda is currently working on two more books, Shadows of Corruption and Coast to Coast on a Piece of Toast. To read more about this inspiring author and purchase her books, visit RhondaKnutson.com or go to www.amazon.com. Certified professional coach Pamela Reeves can help you with your relationships. Motivational and image coaching are just some of the ways she can help you enhance all aspects of your life. Her book, Is It Love or Merely a Sick Attachment?, helps readers clearly distinguish healthy, loving relationships from toxic ones. Ms. Reeves has put her words into action through Ray of Hope Kenya, an international initiative that provides outreach to victims of abusive relationships there with the goal of helping them rebuild their lives and the tools to avoid abuse. Ms. Reeves operates various business interest through her umbrella network, Nella LLC, and credits her success to her diverse work experience. Whatever your goals, whether striking a balance, reinventing your image, or simply lifting your lifestyle, Pamela Reeves will help you achieve them. Your life, your call. Dial 410-902-5715 or email Pamela at pamrego one at verizon.net. She's also on the web at pamreeves.com and on Twitter at Pamela underscore Reeves. Hi, my name is Mike Zorick. And this is Nancy Noble. We are coming to you live, broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike Show. The phone number is 866-451-1451. And our website is www.nancyandmikez.com. Anyway, I was talking about... Guys and girls getting together, and uh, we would go to some place wherever we went, and a guy would take me, because I didn't have anybody, a friend. And at a time would go by, and uh, not too much was happening, and the thing would finally end, and a guy would say, to me, hey, you know, uh, so-and-so is interested in you. 
this girl. And she would point to where I'm supposed to sit next to her. Well, I have no clue. I don't even know she's there. And uh, so I said to him, well, why didn't you tell me at the time? And the guy didn't really say a whole lot. I said, look, I'm not going to go through my dating process through a visual interpreter. I'm not doing it. If she wants to say anything, it's going to have to be verbal or somebody's going to have to put me where she wants me to go <laughs> and go from there. I'm not doing it this way. And uh, this happened to me about four different times. Whoa. And I, I told Nancy about it, you know, after I met her and she was reading for me and all that. And she said, you know, I'm glad those girls were so stupid. <laughs> hey, sorry, girls. Hey, you blew it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, that was uh, one of the things. And the next thing happened at the end of the year. This is the end of 1972. And I don't know if anybody remembers that football game between Oakland and Pittsburgh, where right at the end of the game, Franco Harris caught this pass and he ran the length of the field and Pittsburgh won 13 to seven. And on these football shows, they play that over, over and over and over. And I over recognize again. that name, yeah. Got this caught out of the air and, uh, you know. Yep. Anyway, this that was the day. Okay. I can't tell you what the date was. I can only tell you what was a Saturday. Okay. And I think also that day Dallas and Washington played. But anyway, I was invited to this dance. And I don't know why I ever went, because I hate dancing. I call my dance the ox trot. But anyway, I went. And all the dancers were blind, and the person in charge could see. And she said, today we're going to play a game. When I blow the whistle, the girl backs up and the guy comes forward. And when I blow the whistle a second time, the girl is coming toward the guy and the guy is backing up. Okay, I see it. So anyway, my mind must have been somewhere else. But the whistle blew as they played Requiem by the Association. Oh. It brought me back oh, yeah. to Oregon. And that where I had that Mayor Daly guy who oh, was running yeah. away from me. I forgot where I was. I threw her arms up, grabbed her around the waist. And my first thought was I was like 115, and she was probably close to maybe 220-pound class. And my thinking was that the wrestling committee had somehow got me in the wrong weight class. <laughs> so I grabbed her around the waist. It was a beautiful bear hug and a pin. I'm telling you. 
you'll never see a better bear hug than that at any clinic. They show bear hugs at a clinic. That was a top notch. But of course, it's always easy to do moves when your opposition doesn't know that they're coming. So anyway, finally, I feel the floor under me and I hear this high scream. You, and you banged her on the floor? You hit her? Uh, she got flattened? Yeah, she got flattened like a sack of potatoes. Aww. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and she screamed? Yeah. Oof. And then all these other blind people were saying, what was that? What happened? Yeah, you know, they heard it because they see it. They heard her fall <gasps> and they heard her scream. And I was kneeling on the floor next to Aww. her. She was laying on her back like she was dead. Whoa. And she wasn't moving. <gasps> well, good thing she was overweight. So maybe she got a little padding. Oh, poor girl. Anyway, I'm thinking now. I'm kneeling. I'm on my hands and knees next to her. Now the next thing is, how in the world am I ever going to explain about what happened in Oregon and how closely related? And the requiem and the whistle. The requiem and the whistle and the girl backing up. Everything. And, and you know, the 1973 Nationals are coming up in four months. And I obviously was thinking about that because I wanted to recover from my poor performance at and the Olympic you got trials. And I got cheated by yeah. that mayorly thing. So oh. I knew of being out of school and all that, and, and uh, I'd have time to train, and it would be great. So I must have been thinking ahead. Absolutely. And, and you had no visual clues to show you where you were at. I didn't have any visual clues to show me where I was at. That's I was exactly where I was going. Very good point. And so I didn't see that there were no mats anywhere. There was no referee anywhere. And, and uh, totally different setting than yeah. a wrestling uh, tournament. Oh, boy. And uh, But anyway, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> And I was just kneeling there next to her, trying to figure out how I'm going to explain what happened. Eh. And I finally got to the point where I realized there's no way for me to explain this. And I finally got up and I started feeling around uh, for a place to sit and just Stay off the dance floor <laughs> before I kill somebody. <laughs> so anyway, this is Mike Dorick coming, coming to you from BBM Global Network. This is the Nancy and Mike Show, and we will be right back. Attorney Renee Marie Smith is changing the way we sell real estate. She wrote a series of books called My Short Sale Guru Guides for all real estate practitioners. Whether you're a homeowner wanting to understand the process, an agent who has been handling short sales for years, or an industry analyst wanting to know how short sales impact your business, Renee uses her vast real estate experience to take a comprehensive look at the recent market phenomena while relaying it in an easy-to-understand format. Through her company, Smith Title Services, 
prices. Renee has counseled thousands of short sale participants and processed in excess of a thousand short sales. Her knowledge is transformational for real estate professionals and laymen alike, and her live presentations provide people the opportunity to ask specific questions about their issues. Buy her books and schedule her to speak at your next event. Visit www.smithtitleservices.com or call 305-705-3428 or email her at renee at smithtitleservices.com. Isn't it time to sell your property today? Learn the My Short Sale Guru way. For over 50 years, Evelyn Stapula has been a loving advocate for people with disabilities throughout the state of Pennsylvania. President and founder of Big Heart Bridges, her organization actively campaigns for legislation and support of civil liberties that meet the needs of disabled individuals with housing, transportation, and employment. Ms. Dupula has joined forces with a variety of esteemed organizations that advocate for the disabled. She serves on the board of the United Cerebral Palsy of Pittsburgh and the Governor's Cabinet and Advisory Committee for People with Disabilities, and she is a consultant for the Pennsylvania Governor's Conference for Women. Her many efforts have led to the implementation of a transportation program for the disabled with the Access Paratransit System of Allegheny County. Evelyn Stapoulis drives daily to serve the interests of the disabled, to protect their freedoms, and enable them to live normal public lifestyles. To learn more, please call 412-491-2605 or email Evelyn at ers92645 at verizon.net. Hi, this is Mike Zarek. And Nancy Novo. We are coming to you live, broadcasting from BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. This is the Nancy and Mike show. Yep. Well, Mike, that that at the time was probably pretty embarrassing, but it's funny now. It's a funny story. Yeah, we get a good laugh out of it now. But, but anyway, girl. to wrap that up, and I, I'm sure she'll <laughs> never know what happened to her. How often anybody goes to a dance and gets pinned. Yeah. And but anyway, uh, I just waited for my father to pick me up and uh, went back home. But anyway, also that time, I was graduating from UCLA, and oh. uh, I got my degree in uh, music and physical education. I That's because those guys marched for you and that, stood up yeah. for you. And I didn't have to worry about that crummy kinesiology teacher, and I got through it. I survived it. Okay. And uh, one of the things I was kind of sad about is that I had made some some friends in the dormitory there, and I knew that I was going to uh, lose them, and... Uh, but I realized that I might have bigger things in front of me. One of the things was my mother came out to help me find my own apartment. Oh, nice. And I was kind of scared of taking that on by myself with cooking, but my brother was out here and, and, uh, so anyway, we found a place for me to stay, and it was a good place. It had, uh, she charged me $115 a month for rent, oh. and I lived there for seven years, okay? Is Living that in, the apartment I met you at when I sure first met is. you? It sure is. 
Yeah, that was a nice apartment. And nice big living room and big bedroom. You know, and I was able to practice my music. Sometimes they don't allow you to practice your music at places like that. But I tell you, this woman was so great, this landlord. And during the seven years I lived there, she never raised my rent a penny. Wow, what an angel. So when I moved in, my rent was $115. And then she got skin cancer. Oh. And she had to sell the apartment complex. And uh, the guy who took over, he didn't like rent control in Los Angeles. So what he was doing, he was kicking everybody out. Yeah, I remember. That's when I met you around that and, time. And uh, because under rent control, you could only go up a certain amount each year. But if you kick everybody out and you bring in new tenants... Start fresh at a high rent. You could start fresh at a high rent. The higher, the better. So <laughs> this guy wanted to circumvent rent control, so he kicked everybody out. But in the meantime, I was thinking about moving at that time anyway. And uh, some of the people didn't pay their rent because they knew they were being kicked out. I paid mine except for the last month. But... Uh, Anyway, uh, I did miss some of my uh, old friends from UCLA, and a few of, few of them I did stay in touch with. Uh, one of them I'm going to talk about a little bit next week to start the show. His name was Procopio Palacios, oh. and he sounded like the great guard for the Lakers, Jerry West. Ah. Oh. And uh, I will talk about him next week. Cool. But anyway, this is the end of the Nancy and Mike show. Yep. We will see you next week. This is BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Take and care. Have a good week. This has been the Nancy and Mike show. Tune in each week and become part of the conversation of the amazing journey of Nancy and Mike. been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company. University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.